Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Grand jury trial. Does that make you think like, what? What's happening? How about beyondthecon.com? That should perk up your ears a little bit. Well, uh, guess what, guys? On December 5th, in the Ninth Circuit Court in Portland, Oregon, oral arguments will be heard. Um for a grand jury initiative led by Dr. Henry Ely, Senator Dennis Lithicum, Senator Kim Thatcher, with lead attorney Steve Jonkis. If you go to beyondthecon.com, you will see all the court documents, peer-reviewed paper, and graphics available for you to share and spread the word um, about what is happening. And you ask, what is happening? Well, we all know that COVID and its plan was like a pandemic, right? There was no real true pandemic. This was all planned and we had exceedingly high death counts that drove up the fear narrative. We had people wearing masks that did not work. We had people dying in the hospital. We weren't pulling bodies off the street and out of the home um, for them to shut down our entire world and violate our constitutional rights. Now you have some naysayers that say, oh, constitutional rights. I hear people talking about that, but people were dying. Well, how many people were dying? You know, me as a nurse whistleblower, I, I, I could tell you that people were dying because of the protocol that came down from HHS. Well, with me today, I have those three people that I named, Dr. Henry Ely, who is one of our own. His show comes on after our show every day. So if you're not sticking around to hear him, I highly encourage you to follow him. I just love him like a brother. And um, then Senator Dennis and Senator Kim, and let me just, you know, invite you guys in to tell us what is going on. What have you done to make this possible? Because everybody has been wanting justice. So do you mm -hmm. think, yeah, let me start with you, Dr. Uh, Ely. Yeah, you know what's interesting about it, Jody, and thank you so much for having us and big shout out and gratitude to everybody listening on your show and everything. Thank you so much for your interest in this. I think what we've done is we've um, we've seen a lot of people wanting something to happen. We've seen a lot of people saying, you know, <clears throat> the first year it didn't really pass the smell test, but we were so scared. We just went along with whatever we were told. 
Yeah. The second year, it wasn't really feel, but then they mandated us. And that's when we are tempted to. And that's when we knew something was really wrong. And then by the third year, 2022, you start seeing that everything that they had put together was just crumbling and falling apart. The shots weren't working. They weren't stopping or preventing anything. People were getting injured and dying because of them. And that goes on to this day. Um, And as we learn more about the mechanism of action of how that's occurring with this supposedly new technology, this new technology they've been developing since 1968 that we can trace back to to these situations where it's like, who's going to do this? Who's going to get some people investigated? Mm -hmm. Uh, The Department of Justice doesn't seem to have any interest in it. The current administration doesn't seem to have any interest in it. Uh, So many governors don't seem to have any interest in it, which starts making you think, well, were you all in on the same game? Were you all collaborating and working together? Is this collusion? Is this potentially even treason? Well, what we did was um, Senator Dennis Linthicum, Senator Kim Thatcher, and myself, uh, and our incredible team that has been working with us is since, uh, really, we're about three years in of working together every single week to make sure that we understand how they constructed what appears to be enterprise fraud and how they broke multiple federal laws. And when we say they, we're referring to specific people that we have named in our petition, uh, the the former heads of the CDC, um, and that's Robert Redfield and Rochelle Walensky, uh, two infamous people in this country. Uh, So the heads of the former heads of the Health and Human Services Department, uh, one is still current, uh, Xavier Becerra and Alex Azar, and then a little known organization that's actually a government organization underneath the CDC, and that's called the National Vital Statistics System, and that's the uh, NVSS. And so we named Brian Moyer in there as well for this reason. Uh, In your intro, you had alluded to there were all these people dying of COVID, right? Right. And now we've since had this correction going on, people saying, well, maybe not all those people that died of COVID died of COVID. Maybe they died of something else, like the treatment protocols, like apathy, like maybe some of the pre-existing conditions they had. Right. And so it's very interesting when you go back to March 9th of 2020, the CDC issued guidance early on saying that if you're over 65 and you have comorbidities like diabetes, if you're overweight, if you have a respiratory or a cardiovascular issue, you are at the highest risk. Now, what was very interesting about that is all the data around the world from Italy and from South Korea and some of the countries that were ahead of us supported that that assertion. And so in this country, we expected, well, let's be careful with our high risk, but everybody else is going to get through this just fine. That's that's what we all knew, right? No yeah. matter, even though it was, and we can prove now it was a bioweapon, <laughs> right? Right. Um, what, what's very interesting about it is when you look at how this was constructed, you can see the collusion. And that's what we are attempting to get in front of a grand jury for them to investigate and make sure that they can corroborate what we have found. And one of the first uh, documents that comes up is March 24th, COVID alert number two. This is a document that is issued by the CDC and the NVSS. And Jody, what it specifically states is on a death certificate There are two very important sections. There is the cause of death 
and the contribution to death, part one and part two. Right. Now, part one is what caused death. That's what gets counted in all the statistics. Part two is just what are the other things that were going on with the person's health so we can kind of keep track if we want to go back in time and look, right? Simple stuff. Now, the way it's always been done for every single death is the oldest known comorbidity is considered to be the cause of death. If you've had hypertension for 10 years, you didn't die from a flu that initiated everything. You died from as a result of complications due to that hypertension. That's how we've always done it. But on March 24th, 2020, the CDC, Robert Redfield, and the NVSS, Brian Moyer, specifically changed that, but only for covid And what they did was they said, if you have a comorbidity, which we knew, that's where they knew the deaths were going to come from. If you have a comorbidity, we're going to put that now in part two. And what that allows them to do is put COVID as the cause of death in part one as the the final line item. And that's what they count, whatever the final item item is. Mm -hmm. So it allowed them to get the numbers they needed because you can't have a pandemic without dead bodies. Well, That's how you get your dead bodies right off the bat. Within the next several weeks, a couple of things happened that were very, very concerning. Because see, this first change, there are laws about changing death certificate reporting. And that law is you can't make a change to any official government document that has statistics associated with it without notifying the federal register which starts the process of of oversight at the federal level and opens up public comment for those changes you see what the cdc did was they went rogue they said we're just making that change and their argument was it was an emergency we had to do it well here's a little kicker everybody constitution was formed in a time of emergency so that argument don't work Okay. Now they broke the law and we can prove that definitively that they broke the law. There is a 0% chance we are wrong about this. Okay. What they did next was the CDC is supposed to be the bastion of, of all these intelligent minds. They should be able to define what are the symptoms that lead to the, um, diagnosis of COVID, right? You know what the CDC did, Jody? (laughs) The Name CDC. every single symptom. <laughs> well, no it's actually, it's more nefarious and more insulting than that. Okay. Uh. The CDC outsourced their duty and responsibility to a little known non-governmental organization called the Council of State and Territorial Epidemiologists. They have no government authority and no government regulation as a result. They're heavily funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and Gavi and all the vaccine. And guess what the CDC did? They said, here, let us lend you seven subject matter experts to help draft this document. And then when it's drafted and we like it, we'll bring it back in and we'll adopt it again without going through the Federal Register and oversight. This is criminal what's going on now. Yeah. Now, what they end up doing, and this is what's in the document that just blows my mind every time I talk about it, there are two very important things in that document. 
Number one, a single cough is all you needed to have in order to be diagnosed with COVID. That's absurd. Absurd. The, the second piece that'll blow your mind in this document is that they asked a question. How do we make sure the same person who's going out and getting multiple tests because you can't go back to work until you get a negative test? How do we make sure that that person doesn't erroneously show up as a new case every single time they test positive searching for a negative test? Yep. Do you know what they said in this document, Jody? <laughs> Not applicable until more virologic data is available. Mind-blowing. So what that basically said was this person who goes out and gets 9, 10, 11 tests trying to find a negative test to go back to work to feed his family or her family, every single time that person tests positive, that is now counted as a new case. Well, and you know what? People were asking that. They were like, how, how are they being able to differentiate You know that one person? Like, because they can go to any Walgreens or any CVS, right? And they're counting that. So you're exactly. exactly right. Like what everybody was thinking really happened. It was intentional, right? They had the opportunity to say, well, why don't we make sure everybody gives their social security number, yeah. right? And then, you, and then now if we see there are 10 tests associated with that social security number, we know it's only one case, mm -hmm. right? It's super simple. You don't need virologic data to be able to come up with a good system to make sure you don't have fraudulent data being published. But they wanted the fraudulent data being published because they needed the numbers. You can't have a pandemic without people getting dying and without people getting sick. Okay. Yeah. Now, after they do this and to bring this to a close, two days later, the Health and Human Services Department issues a financial incentive to all, all hospitals to pay a greater reimbursement for Medicare, Medicaid, when you have a diagnosis of COVID and especially when you have a diagnosis of COVID and a use of a ventilator, mm -hmm. right? And I think we all remember this. So now what you have is from the time an emergency is issued to the construct of the enterprise fraud you have about a, oh, probably a little bit less than a month time frame. This is insane. Yeah. And do you know what the result of this is, Jody? Not only the, the wrecking of families, the devastation upon our children, and the paveway of a pathway so that you can bring this technology in that is killing children, yeah. killing people for profit but you have the theft of at least $3.5 trillion of U.S. taxpayer money. And from our guy, Keith Wilkins, who is a bulldog on this, he says, as of today, at least we've committed at least um, promises to $4.5 trillion associated with COVID. Now, just to give your audience a quick little reference on this, because that's a lot of money, no matter which way you look at it. We, we average, we averaged the spending of $25.3 billion for infectious diseases with the same, for, oops, for 
the flu, we're spending $25 billion annually. For COVID, we are in the $4.5 trillion in just several years. And how did it happen? Because they lied using data. And that's the thrust of our grand jury petition and why we are saying these actors in this process need to be thoroughly investigated and anybody associated with them, like Fauci, like a uh, Peter Daszak from the Echo Health Alliance, anybody that had connection with this construct needs to be thoroughly investigated. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, as as a hospital supervisor, you know, it was really hard for me to report our COVID numbers to the emergency management resource database, which then in turn reports to the public health um, office. And then they give those numbers to mainstream media. Like it killed me knowing that we were using an experimental test that was not accurate to drive up these numbers. You know, it just, it was, it was wild. I mean, I think our cases, you know, my case, my whistleblower case, you know, moved through like a federal judge ruled that I made non-frivolous allegations subject to further proof. And now HHS has to hand over their documents to me and I should be getting them this month, I believe, um, to, to account for why did you silence alternative therapies? Why did you silence doctors from being doctors and practicing medicine to incentivize one medication, remdesivir and the COVID numbers? I mean, it's, all, you know, a lot of what you're saying is what my case is about as well. So, you know, I thank you guys, all of, you know, all of you that are a part of this, because we need courageous Americans to stand up and to say something. And, you know, I, I was reading through Senator um, Dennis, his bio, and, you know, he, one of the things were that in his um, Senate district in, in Oregon, I believe, um, that there was just one pharmacy and the county um, is, is, he says here, I'll just read it. The county is enormous with over 10,000 square miles of rural agricultural landscape as large as New Jersey. And the governor governor closed down that pharmacy because someone complained that people were in the store without wearing face masks. Senator Dennis, do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Well, and, you know, today, for example, we know the CDC was sponsoring anxiety, fear. They had mediocre or no science. They were um, gambling on uncertainty and a fast moving market. And, you know, we all saw the numbers going across the TV screen. They, they, They really were sponsoring that, you know, fear so that they could gain the upper hand and and gain market share. In in that county, it's Lake County in Oregon, uh, uh, an enormous agricultural and forest county, not a lot of population, but nevertheless, the square miles and the size, the distance from pharmacy to pharmacy is a 120 miles because the next closest pharmacy 
is out of the county and into the county. It would be like having to leave New Jersey and drive to the neighboring state to get your your medicine for your asthma or your diabetes or whatever. And the governor's team came in and red flagged that pharmaceutical operation, the only pharmacy in the entire county, and um, they closed it down because a Karen of some variety uh, said, no, I'm afraid I see people in there without masks. And so today we know the entire diplomatic spread was a uh, uh, misleading if not an outright lie we know that face masks don't work that the cloth mask is a ridiculous thing to try they were afraid to mention n95s and even n95s do not work if you don't follow the appropriate mask protocol and we know today that the six foot um distance between two people in a store was entirely made up. And so it turns out the CDC is lying to us again and again and again and again. And you have to ask the question, which is what we're doing with this lawsuit, how is it the CDC pulled this all together and how did they put such a nice, neat bow on this and accomplish the criminal activity and RICO structure that they accomplished and they did this by breaking the law. The um, example that um, that we heard Dr. Enchin with regard to the NVSS statistics issued for um, uh, the COVID-19 alert number two to medical examiners, that told medical examiners, by the way, for COVID and only for COVID, change the way you fill out the ME uh, documentation to this way and you'll get money for it. So they've incentivized fraud and now there's a money game going on. So every medical examiner is filling this out, following the rules. I got to follow the rules. I got to obey Uncle Sam. And now that they're following the rules, we're draining money out of the medical system. We're not actually uh, solving the problem. We're not issue. We're not telling people about vitamin uh, C, ascorbic acid, vitamin D zinc. We're not telling them about ivermectin. Oh, that's a horse, um, you know, medicine and whatever. We hear all of these things. And this is all in violation of the IQA, which the Information Quality Act. The IQA is underneath the Paperwork Reduction Act. And being in Eastern Oregon, where it's a lot of ag land and whatever, we deal with the IQA all the time. When the Forest says, Service says, you can't drive your car um, on this forest road because, and they state some reason, they have to provide adequate um, dissemination of the data the scientific reason that you can no longer drive on that forest road, where they got the information, how they compiled it, what the statistics look like. And so I've been dealing with um, uh, the Information Quality Act with regard to farms, ranches, pesticides, herbicides, agricultural land use, and and, uh, timber rangeland, for years, and all of a sudden, we see these guys um, at the CDC just popping through this 
you know, protection for the American public like it doesn't even exist. In truth, it doesn't exist. You have to ask the question Dr. Ely was telling us about um, just the single cough to prove that you had COVID. Well, what's the symptomology that's different between the flu and COVID? And how can you tell the difference between pneumonia or flu and COVID? And is there any other respiratory um, condition that looks similar to flu and COVID and pneumonia? And the answer to all of these, we tell the difference. In fact, our flu statistics went down the tube and we solved the flu problem in the United States of America. Kudos to the CDC. They got rid of the flu. Are you kidding me? This is fraud. It's full-fledged fraud. And we want to hold these gangsters accountable. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm excited. I, I have the, when we come back from break, I want to ask a question. How did this happen in Oregon? Like, how did you guys manage to get this liberal state to hold uh, a hearing, right? Oral arguments, actually. How did you construct that? Because I'll tell you, I had to go there for um, an event and speak. And I wound up um, in downtown. I had never been to Oregon before. I always thought that it was very beautiful from pictures. And we went downtown and let me tell you, it just seemed like there were demonic spirits all over that place. People all high and (laughs) it just was the most horrible, eerie feeling I have ever felt um, at all. And so, yes, we'll, we'll come back from break. But first, guys, I want you to check out our show sponsor. You always hear me talking about ASEA Redox Gel. I had another person that I'm here on a retreat in Columbia right now, and she was complaining of her elbow hurting all day, and we applied it twice, and she did not have to take any more ibuprofen. Uh, This stuff is just remarkable. Uh, If you go to americaoutloud.shop, you will get exclusive discount for America Out Loud radio listeners thank you for being part of our of our family and um and sharing the show because that's also important we'll be right back after the break it's time and this is nurses out loud talk radio want to introduce you to asia redox cell signaling molecules it is more than just a wonderful natural product Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop, look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. 
If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back. You are listening to Nurses Out Loud, and I am your host, Nurse Jody O'Malley. Uh, I also encourage you guys to download the America Out Loud Talk radio app because you can get 24-7 programming. Anytime you open up that app, you will hear from a variety of different hosts speaking on most of the stuff, guys, is censored, right? You are not going to hear the truth. And AmericaOutloud.news is one of the best resources in one place for you to find pretty much any question answered for what you're looking for and to stay up to date on the happenings. We are listening, we are talking to Senator Dennis Lincecum. Senator Kim Thatcher and Dr. Henry Ely. They have a grand jury trial, trial oral arguments on December 5th in Oregon. If you go to the website beyondthecon.com, you can share this to everybody. Let everyone know what is happening because if we do not use our voices and share the truth, Nobody's going to know the mainstream media and, and, you know, all of these evil doers are just going to continue to do their evil doing. And, and we cannot allow that to happen. You know, you always hear me talking about sharing the truth and being courageous and, and guys, now is the time. Uh, before we went to break, I asked the question, how in the world did you guys get Oregon to host, or not even host, I, I don't even know the terminology, um, to have a grand jury trial to hear this evidence? And I want to um, bring in Senator Kim Thatcher, who is a mom, a grandma, and small business owner who 
did what Americans are supposed to want to do, serve our country and, and not do it to have power and money and clout. Um, she really wanted to make a difference. And so Kim, well, uh, Senator Kim, um, why don't you answer that question? How did this happen? Well, if I may, I would like to give a little bit of background. Absolutely. You spoke about at the at the beginning, um, everything got shut down. All these stupid things were happening that just didn't make any sense. You couldn't go with your spouse into the hospital. You couldn't go visit grandma in the nursing home, all the things. And so in Oregon, <laughs> it, it just became obvious that it didn't matter what the policies were being handed down from the federal government or the World Health Organization, what have you, it was just going to be rubber stamped. And it was going to be supported by every level of government here in Oregon, and it didn't matter. So we have the executive branch, that's the governor, who is rubber stamping all the policies for, for the Oregon Health Authority and being handed, it's being handed down to every level of the, the counties. And then we have the state legislative branch, which the majority is in lockstep with whatever the executive wants right now. And then we have the state judicial branch where a majority of the justices headed by governor that was rubber stamping all the policies from the World Health Organization, etc. So you're looking at it and you're thinking, what in the world can we do here in Oregon? And that's where we decided to go. Well, we decided to go to the federal government. So we're going to a federal, uh, requesting a, a federal grand jury investigation. That's what we're requesting. And so since we are in Oregon, that's where we filed, as in the, the, the Portland District Court. And so, it, you know, long story short, we are having oral arguments on whether we can even ask to have an impaneled, have a grand jury impaneled to investigate. That's what we've been working on since 2020. We've gone, we've made this, here's the evidence. We would like a journey, uh, uh, a grand jury impaneled and the U.S. attorney for Oregon, uh, what was his name? <laughs> Asfog, um, Judge Asfog. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Attorney Asfog. I can't remember his first name, but he said, basically, um, well, no, you need to go through the FBI or some gate gatekeeper like that. And we're saying we're thinking, well, but no, there's a little bit of a conflict there. Obviously, the government doesn't want to investigate itself. That's why we want to go and we want to have hand this evidence to a grand jury to have them decide whether they would like to look into it. And if they look into it, then they, you know, they they do their thing. And so uh, we were told, go to the FBI. We said, um, um, no. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not exactly what we'd want. In fact, you're saying uh, in one of our answers or replies to the appellant is that, um, Oh, gosh, where'd it go? But anyway, the evidence of government corruption cannot be presented to a grand jury because the corrupt government will not allow it. And so we're in this catch-22, according to our um, 
our Department of Justice, our, you know, our federal Department of Justice. So they've been working on it and they've just been giving us answers and just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall, not really noticing of whether the arguments that they're bringing forward to refute our ability to go see a grand jury are actually valid. So they were just throwing things out there. We are on the ball and we have an attorney who's very smart and we as a team would work on these replies, these motions that, you know, I, I, I can't keep track of how many there have been at this point but finally they're seriously and that is why we were able to i don't know if you want to say score yeah, <laughs> yeah i'll use the word score score yeah. um a date at the at the court in portland oregon where we can um bring forward oral arguments on whether we can ask a, a grand jury to be impaneled in this case okay so so you are going in front of that judge and presenting your evidence to him and hoping that he will allow you to move forward with the grand jury? Yeah, it's my understanding that the attorneys will be doing this, but they have just a very short window of time to make a presentation. And we're, I think, down at the bottom of the list somewhere. But anyway, we're going to be making that presentation and we're going to be there whether we of us three actually get to get up and speak is one thing, but I am 100% sure that our attorney will be well representing us and we will bring those arguments forward as to why what we're asking for is not for the Department of Justice to um, charge, you know, what we're asking for. We're asking for an investigation for that process to work through the grand jury. If they decide that charges need to be brought, then, you know, we'll go from there, but that's their decision. We're just yeah. asking for an investigation. Right. And, and you know, Jody, if I can jump in. Yeah. Jody, let me jump in here. The, the important thing about the grand jury is every district attorney in every county in the United States of America can impanel a grand jury. So this is really the citizen initiative. This is something that 3,400 counties in the United States, every one of those district attorneys across the land could impanel a grand jury and say, here's the data, look at this. We wonder if there's foul play here. We wonder if there's criminal uh, deeds that should be investigated. We're not claiming they're guilty as sin. We're just saying they smell pretty bad and we'd want like them looked into. And um, and so at the district court level, you can get a grand jury created with a U.S. attorney. But better than that, your local county district attorney is the individual in your county that you vote for and you elect and you can hold him accountable. And now's the time to ride this grand jury train go to beyondthecon.com and download our data, our information. It's at arm's length. You can pick it up. It makes sense. You can change from, you know, Oregon to, you know, Ohio, and it works. It is pretty much very, very similar across the states. And um, this is what we're looking to accomplish is get a citizen 
uh, get the citizens at the grassroots, people that are constantly are listening to America Out Loud and your radio show, get them to realize they've got this tool in their hands to hold the watchers. Uh, the, it's the old question, who will watch the watchers? Well, now here we have the tool to hold the watchers accountable for their um, their uh, their uh, it, what do you want to call it, Doctor? Malfeasance, willful <laughs> misconduct, criminal. They're treason. Let's just call it what it is. They're treasonous actions trying to sell us all out to the Chinese and whoever else will bid for us. All right. Jody, this is what I love about Senator Dennis Linthicum and Senator Kim Thatcher. We have this misconception in our country that there are no good people in government, right? Mm-hmm. This is what we all go everybody. If you're in government, it sucks. And you're one of the, you're part of the problem. You're corrupt. You're bought in on something that is simply not true. And they are living proof of that. And there's, and they're not the only ones in the country that are proof of this. They're, it's just not true. It doesn't mean that people with integrity dominate our government because that's not <laughs> true either. But what it, what it comes down to is, is when you understand the grand jury, see, there, there's some things that Americans got to really get down here with. Number one is that grand juries and the grand jury system belongs to we the people, specifically put in by our founding fathers to make sure that we had the means to peacefully hold corrupt, runaway governments to account. If we don't have that ability, this is what's going to be the result. Power is going to become corrupt. That's just what it is. There's money, there's power. If if the government is... Government has no incentive to hold itself accountable. That's our job. And the grand jury system is the vehicle for that to occur because the grand jury is made up of people like us, our neighbors, right? People, all of, we're the folks that make this up. Now, the thing about a grand jury, and this is what makes our case so unique in case law history in the United States, is that what we're doing right now has never been attempted What we're doing that's never been attempted is people have tried to access the grand jury before, but they've always done so with the intent to request man prosecution. Say that again, Dr. Ely. Right. Everybody that's tried grand juries to access grand juries before, they've specifically petitioned to prosecute. And you can't do that. We specifically in our laws don't have that right. But if you look at 18 U.S.C. 3332, it is express. It says point blank that if anyone, any citizen goes to a U.S. attorney and says, hey, I got some information that looks looks like was a criminal act. I want this information to go to a grand jury and I want them to investigate it because a grand jury has the responsibility of investigating all requests so that they can exonerate as well if there was no if there was nothing that was wrong they can actually clear people that that's a possibility here as far fetched as it might seem with all the evidence we have that's still possible here mm-hmm. the issue is that in 18 USC 3332 it says that the attorney shall get that information to a grand jury. It doesn't say may get that to a grand jury. It says shall. And what that does is it removes prosecutorial discretion and it removes them as a gatekeeper to this process. They do not have the right or privilege 
to be able to keep information from a grand jury. That's actually a crime. That's a felony for them to do so. But what's interesting is just like doctors aren't taught about vaccines in medical school, attorneys aren't taught about the grand jury system in law school. Why? Because it's effective. It's a tool of the people. And if the people understood the immense power, a far-ranging power of a grand jury, we would be beating down the doors and it would be a race to see whoever breaks through first. And that's what we want to create. I don't care who busts through the door first. I'm going to ask politely, if you bust through the door before me, please subpoena every single person on my so you can go to the grand jury. I don't care. I just want to win. Right. Yeah. But how do we how do we get through with this? So you have to understand Americans have to get this through their head. This isn't a trial jury that we're talking about. This is a grand jury. And what this expressly does is a grand jury and all the people that sit on it have unlimited, unlimited subpoena power. They can subpoena testimony from Fauci. They can subpoena testimony from Biden. They can subpoena testimony from Trump. And they have they can subpoena testimony from Gates. And those people have to show show up and provide that testimony under sworn oath. They can also subpoena unredacted documents across the board. Uh-huh. So there is no FOIAs with everything on the page blacked out. This is what a grand jury possesses. And because the grand jury is not contextually assigned to the executive branch, not contextually assigned to the legislative branch and not contextually assigned to the judicial branch, they are an independent watchdog for the people for all three branches at the same time. And they have specifically and when I say they. They have specifically made sure that the American people do not know that this exists, and they have specifically done everything in their power to thwart access to it, because this is the key that we have in to unlock the door back to freedom for everybody in this country. And that's why we, like a bunch of bulldogs, crazy people, we've, you, can't, you can't understand how many people have told us we are nuts for doing what we're doing. And those people have come and gone. They have flown away in the wind. We are still standing and we're going to be in court December 5th. And what we promise is the most explosive 15 minutes of conversation in a courtroom in the last 50 years, because we are going to take it to these people. And what I love about Senator Dennis Linthicum and Senator Kim Thatcher, we have all committed that this is going to the Supreme Court some way, somehow that we are going to be heard and we are going to be felt on this topic because the grand jury belongs to we the people. I, I th- that is so empowering. I, I I love like finding little gems like that, right? And saying, oh, there is something that we could do because you're right. Everything gets caught up in the court system, you know. And like me blowing the whistle on the federal government, I didn't go through the quote unquote proper chain of you know channels to do it. I just said, here's my evidence, and I released it to the world for them to decide because it was Amen. so important because people were dying. And I and I didn't care what would have what would have happened. I just wanted people to know what I was seeing so they can make their own decision. And in you know, and then when we talk about like 
going through all these court cases, I tell people, I say, listen, I'm still fighting. I never settled with them, you know, and there's a lot of other people that are doing the same thing, but because their court system takes so damn long, you just think that nobody's doing, nobody's not doing anything, but there are Mm -hmm. people that are doing anything, doing something. And where I think this is so absolutely powerful is because everybody around the country can take all of your documents, right? Tell me if I'm correct. One billion percent correct. And just go to their, like, I live in Maricopa County. I can go to the attorney general of Maricopa County and say, boom, here, I want you to investigate this. Is that correct? And under eight and under 18 USC 3332, there is no prosecutorial discretion to say, well, I'm not going to bring this to the grand jury. A, a, an attorney that does that is in violation of not only his oath, but the laws of this country. And what Senator Dennis Linthicum, Senator Kim Thatcher and I did before we took this route in the federal court system is we made sure and informed every single U.S. attorney in the country. We sent this information to them and we have the receipts, literally the receipts on what was sent out because we wanted to show the court that we tried to resolve this through the channels that are supposed to exist prior to coming. Senator Dennis Linthicum and Senator Kim Thatcher actually wrote a letter to the Department of Justice on their own elected official letterhead. And do you know what? The Department of Justice had the audacity to tell two elected officials in response? Hmm. Pound sand. (laughs) This is ridiculous. All right. This is just ridiculous. It's unacceptable. And you know what? If we tolerate it, they'll keep giving us more of it. So what we're saying is, no, we will not tolerate this. And I don't care if it takes five years to get there. I don't care if it takes 10 years to get where we got to go. We've got to get there because for us not to get there is disaster for us, our children and our grandchildren. And that's a fact. Well, I think this is so powerful on so many levels, right? Because anybody could do this. You don't need to hire an attorney. You've already done all the work for them. I mean, this could be the biggest movement of our history. You know, if everybody just comes up and said, you know, all of you guys listening, hear me, hear me now. Every single person that's listening to the show, and we have tens of thousands of people that will listen. All you need to do, and you've all said you wish you could do something, right? Everybody's always saying, oh, but, you know, I don't know this person or I don't have the resources to do this or do that. Literally, all you have to do is change the state to your state and print it off and go down and give it to your county um, attorney general. This is huge, you guys. I, I just, I am... I'm so ecstatic 
Let, uh, let me correct you there, Jody. The, there are 50 states have each have an attorney. So there's 50 attorney generals and you could give it to the state attorney general. But we're suggesting you take it to your county district attorney. So that's 3,400 county district attorneys. Every little teeny county, every great big county, every county has a district attorney. And that's 3,400 chances plus another 50 for the 50 attorney generals. We've got literally thousands of opportunities to execute this and execute it enough precision to get results yeah it, it sounds like it i mean because all i've been hearing is no attorney general wants to take the case and it's like come on how does the buck stop there like there they don't have a choice jody and this is where we're going with this we haven't there's there are levels of this we haven't launched yet because we, we want to see this through and see hey are we going to get that good judge or that good group of judges that that makes that pursues that extra work superlative uh, right but it comes down to this scott asfog broke the law do you know what they did with scott asfog when they realized he broke the law and we knew he broke the law nothing they moved him to nairobi kenya <laughs> what yes you the can't. Very, the, within within 17 days they shipped him offshore Oh my goodness. Stop it. This this literally happened. Okay? You know, so what we what we're suggesting here is that we're done asking for permission. Yeah. All right? And that's not I'm I'm a ask for forgiveness dude, not to ask for permission dude, especially when it comes to the sanctity of my own country. No. Yeah. I'm not asking for permission to do what's right. Oh, please, Mr. Attorney General, can you agree with me that 18 USC 3332, they're not going to do that. They, mm -hmm. they think they're little gods. It's the same problem we have in medicine. This ridiculous demigod complex running around between attorneys and coat doctors. It's the most sane mentality that prevents them from simply having integrity. Right. integrity to look at the laws and go oh yeah it says shell i better go do this so what we're going to suggest everybody is to make this attempt and if it fails guess what the person who thwarted you has now committed a crime now we can go to phase two and start filing criminal allegations against these people for failing to do their duty and if that needs to happen believe me that's going to happen yeah. Excuse me, Senator Thatcher has some great stuff. Yeah, I just want to jump here because every state has different laws on how their grand juries can be impaneled. And some of them have a citizen petition they can submit, and some of them can go through the, well, the governor can do it, like in Florida. <laughs> That's happened. Um, there are the different state laws will also give a leg up to some certain states in, 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 a, in attempting to bring this to your attorney general or your district attorney, depending. But I, I just think it's worthwhile checking your individual state laws. And we actually have that document on, on the con.com. You can download it for free. It's under frequently asked questions. It was authored by one of our grand jury experts, Kelly Mordecai, who's actually written a book on grand juries, <laughs> right? So our team is made up the top people in VAERS analysis, the top people in RICO analysis, the top people in death certificate analysis, the top people in grand jury 
education. Our team is made up of the top folks. And we would sure love if everybody said, you know what? We need to stop looking for celebrities and save us. Actually roll up our sleeves and stand next to these people, grab a shovel and let's start digging, right? Let's yeah. start digging together. That's how we get this done. Not by hoping that some magical person that's been out on TV that we saw is going to get there ahead of us, please. That's not happening, folks. On this one, we got to be a part of our own rescue. And that's what we're we doing here. We, the people. That's right. And and guys, like I said, I mean, there's so many of you that thought have been saying that you wish you could do something. It seems like we only need 3,200 people <laughs> to do it, right? There you go. Wish granted. <laughs> right. There, there you go. go. Like, are you <laughs> going to be one of the 3,200? Like, <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I mean, you know, we'll keep you all in the, in our prayers and, and hope that, and that judge in your prayers. And because my federal judge, it took him nine months to rule on my case that I made non-frivolous allegations. But you know what? He ruled. And the case goes forward. And so, you know, I, I think just empowering people um, to stand up and, and to act like Americans, you know, stop being like weak and and just allowing all of this stuff to just continue to go on. And then all we're doing is just bitching to ourselves about it. It's like we need to do something. And so, you know, I appreciate your your heart and I appreciate all of the work that you've put into this. I'm going to put so many documents, you guys, in the show notes. So make sure that you are going to americaoutloud.news and forward slash nurses out loud. And what else, Dr. Ely? And also go to beyondthecon.com. You can sign up for our, our newsletter. So we will update you. Our goal, if we can, is to get you a link on December 5th so you can watch what's going on wherever you may be. And then also all of the documentation is there on the homepage. We're not doing any trick stuff. Well, hey, if you give me your email address, let me upsell you and then I'll give you this. No, right. it's there. It's public domain. Download it today. Read the, you know, one of the coolest things we've had so far in this interview cycle, Jody, uh. is we uh, we were interviewed by uh, a Mike yesterday. I wish I remembered his name. One of the, the greatest honors that I had in an interview was he read through everything and he said guys i gotta tell you i've read through a lot of cases he's a, he's one of the nerd outs on the all the legal side of things yeah he said this is actually the most innovative most incredible structure i've seen anywhere of any of the lawsuits so far i've never seen anyone doing anything like this and i said to him thank you we all really really appreciate that and that's why it's going to work. I really hope that this episode, this show that you just listened to, this amazing interview with these courageous men and women that have come together really empowers you guys to take action. So until next time, friends, be safe, be well, and God bless. It's time and this is.